Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Everybody, this is Father Craig Vasek, the host today for Real Presence Live, coming to you from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, on this beautiful Monday morning, wherever you are in our listening area and on the World Wide Web. I'm honored to be with you this morning as we promote the goodness and holiness of God and humanity on Real Presence Radio Network. I would like to just be with you and to say a prayer as we begin our show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness to us, for allowing us to participate in your creative work this day, co-participants in your activity in the world. We are your hands and feet. You have blessed us and sustained us and given us your divine breath to move us. We thank you for all of your gifts. We ask that you would position us in a place of gratitude, that we would see what is good, that we would see you, that we would understand your kindness and your benevolence towards us. We ask for your blessings upon all those who are listening and for all of their intentions. We ask for your blessing upon Real Presence Radio and this show this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Everybody, I'm so glad to be with you. We've got a show coming up here every day, Monday through Friday, Real Presence Live. We're going to go to our Central Command Center in Fargo, North Dakota where Aaron's going to tell us something about today. Oh, thank you very much, Father. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. What do we got going on today? Absolutely. We've got coming up here Jennifer Lal. The one question that we have, is it possible to approach the topic of why artificial reproduction is wrong from a non-religious perspective? Absolutely. And we'll find out this, how this can be done when we visit with Jennifer Lal coming up a film producer and bioethicist. We'll also be praying for your intentions during Prayerfully Yours. We'll also straight talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Get those questions ready, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. We'll also be speaking with Dale Lennon, the athletics director from the University of Mary, to talk about the greatness through through virtue strategic plan. We'll also have the 10-minute tour of local events. Mike Kudrowski will join us for Heart of Your Legacy. And Shana Olson will be with us to talk about the great upcoming Summit 2019 in the Diocese of Rapid City. All this coming up here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you, Father. Thank you, Aaron. That is fantastic. I'm so glad that we're promoting this uh, strategic plan from the University of Mary. I've had my hand in that. And so to talk to Coach Lennon, uh, NCAA National Championship coach back in the day at the University of North Dakota, uh, that's going to be a real pleasure for me. So everybody out there who, uh, who has been cheering for UND sports in the past, um, you, you're going to want to tune in today because Coach Lennon of greatness is going to be with us. Uh, He's now affiliated with the University of Mary, just so you all know. Uh, He's transitioned his devotion from the University of North Dakota to the University of Mary. I've done the same. I used to to cheer for NDSU. So anybody that's in the Fargo area, your Bison fans, I used to be one. 
But now I'm a marauder. University of Mary. Hopefully you can all understand that I'm joking about all of this. I love the marauders, but I love, I love all of the teams in our listening area, I suppose, with some sort of... God, God has revealed to us that um, if it exists, then it must be good. So even though these other teams... Um, yeah, they, they exist. We'll just leave it there. So they're good. So they're worthy of love in some fashion. But the University of Mary is where I live, and so that is who I cheer for. We're going to be heading into our interview in a little bit, which is going to be fine. I want to tell you something, though, since I have a minute. I like to sneak some of my life in here. My sister had a baby. My sister had a baby. This is, uh, for my family, such a delight. And for everybody out there, you're probably happy that I told you. I'm sure everybody cares about what my family's up to right now. Uh, but my little sister, my baby sister, the littlest one. I mean, she actually is the littlest one. She's not even five feet tall. Uh, but she had her first baby. So I've got loads. I've got loads and loads of nieces and nephews. My brother has four kids. My sister has four kids. My other sister has three kids. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. I'm a priest serving Jesus. But my youngest sister, Teresa, she's been married for a couple years and uh, she, f- she had her first baby. So this is the 12th hatch of, uh, of little, little kids that we've had in our family. So I'm an uncle 12 times over. Uh, so that's phenomenal. Uh, we're going to get into our show because it's 9.05 and that's where my talking points say I'm supposed to move into the show. So we're going to talk to Jennifer Law, film producer, bioethicist about various things regarding artificial reproduction and um, coming at it from various perspectives. Jennifer, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, we're so happy that you're here with us. This is a very interesting, important, and uh, exciting uh, topic. I love engaging the mind. I love engaging argumentation and pondering truth. So, Jennifer, before we get into this conversation about artificial reproduction and looking at it from a number of perspectives, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture, which is a nonprofit organization based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And in an earlier career, I was a 20-year pediatric critical care nurse and studied bioethics and now run this nonprofit. Wonderful. This is very, very good. So um, we want to we talk about artificial reproduction. Um, And we want to look at everything, obviously, from the perspective of God's revelation and His commandments. Um, But when we get to the topic of certain aspects of science, uh, in particular this uh, very modern uh, topic of artificial reproduction because of the advances in science technology, um, religious perspectives uh, aren't always convincing um, for various reasons. Uh, Can you speak to why that would be the case? Well, I mean, we all know people who don't have any sort of religious faith, and so for us to speak to them and make our arguments against a surrogacy or egg selling, egg donation in religious language would be, you know, like speaking a foreign language to them. They wouldn't even be able to understand um, why we think the way we think or why we oppose or are critical of certain uses of these kind of technologies. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to be able to speak to the everyday person, our neighbors, um, uh, you know, people in our social media networks, and be able to communicate what we believe in a way that they can understand. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, especially this topic of uh, of language. I mean, it's English. Uh, obviously, it's English speaking English, right. but it's um, but it's a totally different uh, vocabulary uh, coming from different principles, coming from uh, different lines of argumentation and and notions of uh, what is good and how to approach uh, that conversation. So uh, that's that's extremely important. Um, so there's we can talk about. Uh, any of these topics from, let's say, uh, philosophy and using reason or logic. Uh, we can talk about them from religion, using scripture and uh, revelation. Uh, we can talk about them from uh, a psychological standpoint or a scientific standpoint. Um, so w- do you, in your work, do you, do you look at these topics from all of those standpoints and try to bring... Uh, convincing argumentation from from various uh, standpoints of, of conversation? Absolutely, and I would add to your list, you know, you can make arguments about the use of law um, mm-hmm. and, of course, because of my background as a nurse, you know, medicine, what is the pro- right. appropriate and proper use of medicine um, in helping, to pe- helping people to conceive babies? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I use all those all those arguments, um, and all those are very helpful um, ways to approach a discussion and conversation with people. Yeah, very good. Uh, this is Father Craig Vosick, your host today, speaking with Jennifer Law, the pre- president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I suppose I, I'm going to stick with our talking points for now, just for for your benefit. Uh, but what what exactly uh, kinds of things do you bring uh, from a non-religious perspective when you're when you're visiting with people about these topics? Yeah, well, I, first I talk about the medical risk. I mean, assisted reproductive technologies are not without risk to the mother, uh, the women, and to the children. So there's you know there's real risk and real possibility of harm. Um, I talk about the economic injustices. Assisted reproduction is very, very expensive. So it's the wealthy who can acquire or have, and and if you will, it will be the lower income or poor who will be the ones who have to sell their bodies or rent their wombs or sell their eggs. Um, And so there's, you know, there's an economic injustice. You know, there's the rights of the child and the best interest of the child to not be created as part of a commercial contract. Um, a commercial arrangement, um, often with total strangers who are going to be uh, acquiring a child through a commercial contract. So I think those are kind of conversations that you can have that don't, um, you know, call upon religious, per se, um, or o- overtly religious arguments uh, that can be very convincing to people. I mean, you look at a cover of a People magazine in the grocery store, and you'll see Hollywood celebrities who have the money and have been able to acquire a baby through a, a commercial contract. But you never see the pictures of the low-income or poor women. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, uh, you're bringing up uh, hundreds, maybe, of ideas in my mind. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> just the, the notion, maybe just to stay with me for a moment as I kind of ponder the universe and the cosmos, uh, but just the notion of uh, who has rights... Um, that is a that is a question of our political uh, um, battle these days, um, because what you're bringing up is that that the child uh, is is not being spoken for in these in this reality, and there would be people who say, well, the child doesn't have rights. Uh, the child is 
that's not of our concern right now. It's the uh, it's the rights of somebody else. Um, so even bringing that up, just the notion of what is the common good and who who belongs to the common good? Uh, an unborn child. Uh, does the unborn child belong to the common good yet uh, or not? I mean, you're bringing up you're bringing up some pretty important topics and and from a non-religious perspective to engage people. I think this is phenomenally uh, important that you're able to do this. Um, can we step back? What what types of procedures or activities uh, are we talking about when we're talking about artificial reproduction? What what's the gamut of of that? What's the spectrum there? Yeah. Well, when you look at it through the lens of the woman who's perhaps either um, you know using her body or going to go under you know assisted reproduction or in vitro fertilization, and these women take very large doses of powerful fertility drugs, um, hormones. And we all know that, you know, drugs and fertility drugs and hormones have risks to women's health. You know, they undergo surgical procedures with anesthesia and all the risks of surgery uh, to, to remove their eggs from the body. Um, you know, creating life in the laboratory is very fragile. There's a lot of manipulation that goes from getting, you know, eggs out of a woman's body and then actually fertilizing an embryo in a laboratory and then transferring it back into the woman's womb. So there's many, many steps um, along the way, and this is, again, it's very costly, and it is not without risk, and there's a high failure rate. You know, most of the people who enter into an assisted reproductive um, uh, arrangement, there's a lot of failure. You know, not everybody gets a baby, and there's multiple, multiple attempts uh, in order to finally get that take-home baby. So even mm-hmm. when you're um, having the risk doing it one time, think about the time it fails and you do it again, and then you expose your body to more risk. Um, and we have, you know, a million frozen human embryos in the United States created through surplus, um, you know, in vitro fertilization techniques. And why do we create so many? Because we know so many will die along the way. And so we create a lot because it's expensive. And the end goal is to get a take-home baby. Uh, so we make a lot of human life that just ends up in a breather. Mm. I'm kind of... Uh becoming speechless but i have to continue to host the show um wow um oh yeah you're kind of blowing my mind right now just to be really honest you're kind of blowing my mind um so i'm just thinking it's only nine o'clock in the morning i uh, know yeah actually could i get some coffee over here <laughs> um okay so i just want to come back to a thought that i'm having on this which is typically and I'm just going to say this very um, positively. It's just kind of a, a, a universal experience that we want to promote and talk about the things that we're up to in the most positive light. So I would imagine that researchers and scientists and uh, various other people who are working in these fields, um, the things that are coming to the to the popular news are the kind of the breakthroughs, the advances, the successes, uh, the various uh, ways in which we have developed things, um, and the genius of science and, and, and advancement. These are the these are the things that people read about in the in the news and the reports. Um, but the the behind the scenes uh, things that you're talking about right now of of failure and expenses and goals and uh, and freezers and all all these things, I, I would imagine that most people don't know these. Like, would, is that the case? Would you find that most people are unaware of these realities? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we don't want to talk about the, the failure and, and the tragedies and the, you know, the sad stories. We only want to promote the good stories. And that is why, you know, my most recent film is called Big Fertility, where we really look at the, the industry of reproductive technology and this 
as an as an industry, and the bottom line for the industry is to make profit. Um, and if you don't want to hurt your bottom line, you're not going to talk about how most people don't get that baby, how most IVF cycles fail, how costly it is, how risky it is to your health, um, mm-hmm. because it hurts your bottom line. And if you're in mm-hmm. the business of helping people have babies, first thing you say to them is, oh, we can help you get a baby, not, oh, you probably won't get a baby, but it's going to cost you $100,000 um, to try to get a baby. Mm-hmm. It hurts the bottom line. Yeah, right. Right. So, Jennifer, you're going to be speaking at uh, in Sioux Falls at Holy Spirit Parish, uh, I think, tomorrow. Tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, so what, what are you going to be covering there so that the people that are listening uh, can be sold on why they should show up for your presentation? Well, I'm going to be talking about the medical, ethical, and legal problems of third-party conception, you know, using other women's bodies in order to try to... Um, have a baby and I think people are woefully misinformed or, or uninformed so I would encourage people to come and, and get informed so they can have you know those good informed discussions with their neighbors and their friends. Yes, I'm hoping that many people will be able to come out. Jennifer, we're coming to the end of our segment. Thanks so much for being with us for a few minutes today uh, to visit about this topic, and uh, hopefully many people will be able to gain even more from you uh, tomorrow night. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So the South Dakota Catholic Conference and the Diocesan Office of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life are hosting Jennifer Law, the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture, for a presentation at Holy Spirit Parish in Sioux Falls. That's going to be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. in Sioux Falls. So I hope that you can all show up if you're in the Sioux Falls area. Coming up next on Real Presence Live is going to be prayerfully yours. I'm going to pray for your intentions. And then after that, we're going to have questions, uh, straight talk, where you can call in and ask any questions that you want to ask me. So get on the horn. That's going to be a fantastic time uh, on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. 
Every day, so many people uh, write in to Real Presence Radio uh, in our prayer segment um, to ask for prayers. And so we want to keep those in mind, not only at the Central Command Station and headquarters, but uh, alive on radio with you so that you can share in the concerns and prayers of those. And this segment's called Prayerfully Yours. So each day we take prayer requests, we list them out, and then pray for them. And so I'm going to do that now. Thanks for taking a moment during our show to settle our hearts and pray for those who are in need. Today we're going to pray for um, a list, an entire list of uh, people uh, from somebody's family. And so I'll list those out and pray for them. We're also going to be praying for John, uh, who has back problems. Uh, We'll also pray for a baby, Ethan, who is going to have heart surgery. And then uh, pray for a number of other people uh, for healings, for conversion, for peace, and for the grace of heaven. So those are going to be the prayers that we enter into now. Please join me wherever you are, if you're able. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're bringing to mind this uh, list of people's names. Lucille, Nancy, Wayne, Ashlyn, Jean, Greg, Marcy, Geraldine, Linda, Mary Beth, and Eric, and for their families. We want to pray for a complete healing for these people. So, Lord, we present these people whom we have listed to you. We know that you are the creator and the sustainer of all things. We know that in your kindness you desire all to live and to thrive that evil and death is not part of your original plan. So we ask in your goodness, your kindness, by the power of the blood of your Son Jesus, and by the work and the recreating work of your Holy Spirit, that you would touch, anoint, and bless the people that we are listening here. Lucille, for Nancy, Wayne, Ashlyn, Jean, Greg, Marcy, Geraldine, Linda, Mary Beth, and Eric, and for their families. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We also want to pray for John today and his back problems, that they might be healed without surgery. Now, uh, that is a good thing to pray for. So many times we we uh, just give ourselves over to medicine, uh, which is good, but we have a heavenly physician, so we want to pray for John today. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we present to you John. We present to you all of the aspects of his body, his back, in particular his back problems. We're asking for healing, uh, for you to come and visit him. Uh, that your healing hand would come upon him. We ask for your angels, in particular, your archangel Raphael, who is an agent of healing. Uh, By his intercession and by the intercession of so many angels who are messengers of your goodness, that you would reach by the power of your son Jesus to the very uh, body of John to touch his muscles, his bones, his nerves, uh, all of the ligaments and structures within his back and all around, that it would be worked out, restored, recreated, touched by your warmth and your grace for healing. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we turn to baby Ethan, who is going to have heart surgery. We pray for Ethan. Uh, Heavenly Father, we bring Ethan to you, this little one of yours this little one that you care for so much and for whom our hearts are wide open looking for his future and for his goodness. In this tender child, Lord, we ask for your blessing and for your skilled talent to be with all physicians and workers in the hospital setting, for everything about the heart surgery, for comfort for the family, and for, for the success of this surgery that baby Ethan will be given everything that he needs 
We ask for your care, your guidance, resting in the sacred heart of your son and the immaculate heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary, for Ethan, who is having heart surgery. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, we pray for Lil, Viv, Vani, Maureen, Candice, and Jewel. We're praying for healing for them as well, for healing of the mind, the body, and spirit, for all who are asking for healing, for conversion and peace for all, and may we be made worthy to spend eternity in heaven together. So, Heavenly Father, we ask, your will is that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Your desire is for all of us to dwell in heaven. Your desire is for all of us to dwell in communion with you for all eternity. We bring Lil, Viv, Vani, Marine, Candice, and Jewel, and for all others, we present all of these people and intentions to you for your care and for your guidance. We ask for your blessing and your care for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, for prayer. We thank you for the Real Presence Radio Network, for all those who are filled with so much faith. We ask that our prayers would be answered in accordance with your will, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining in that time uh, of prayer. If you have any specific intentions that you would like prayed for, please visit the website, yourcatholicradiostation.com and then submit it under prayer requests at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on the Real Presence app. Please click on prayer requests on the main screen there as well. So stay tuned, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Straight Talk is going to be coming up in a little bit. You can call in with your questions or comments on the Catholic faith. This is Father Craig Vosick live from the University of Mary in Bismarck right here on Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be with you today. This is Father Craig Vosick continuing our show, Real Presence Live on Real Presence Radio Network, live from University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, I just want to kind of go back to a spread that we just had. We're getting ready for uh, straight talk in a little bit. You can call. You're going to be able to call in there and ask me any question you want or get my get my opinion for whatever that's worth. That's going to be eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. But I'll I'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to go back to uh, this conversation that we just had about uh, the human body, about reproduction rights, uh, 
uh, about who we are as humans. And I've been pondering, now this is going to be quite philosophical and deep and magnificent, which is everything that I do, of course. Everybody knows that. Um, but we have in our world uh, so many different world views. I mean, this is the way that I look at the world. This is the way that I look at things. This is the way I evaluate and structure my thoughts about things. And I've been... Uh, pondering back on a few things on who whose rights who has rights and who who gets to tell them what their rights are and all these different things people are asking well whose right is it to tell me this or whose right is it to tell me that and i've been thinking about this um from a christian perspective we know who's given us rights and responsibilities in this god uh so i've been pondering this word sovereignty Sovereignty, sovereign. The word sovereign, uh, which I don't maybe understand it fully, but the word sovereign, I think I understand something. Sovereign means, it comes from the kind of two words, super and reign. So, the reigning over. Uh, so, exercising authority over, kingship over something. That's what it means to be sovereign. So, for Christian, we understand that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He's the one who reigns over all. So he actually is the one who has the rights to to say things. Um, it seems to me that a lot of people, at least in the United States of America, when they want to get something done, they declare that they are sovereign. I'm sovereign. I, I get to choose. I'm the one who gets to reign over my choices. I'm the one who gets to reign over other things. Um... And I guess if I don't believe in God, who else would? Uh, I suppose the state could, but then the state becomes my idol. So these are the deep thoughts, people, that I have. Uh, these are the deep thoughts. Who is reigning over us? Who gets to tell us in Genesis? In Genesis, God gives us dominion over the animals and the plants, but he doesn't give us dominion over ourselves. He says that he is the one who has dominion over us. Anyway... Take it for what it's worth. Maybe you can call me on Straight Talk and we can figure that out together. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, what's that? That sounds like a phone call. Hey, everybody. We have moved into our new segment, our next segment, Straight Talk. That's going to be with me, Father Craig Vosick, your host today. We're excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live called Straight Talk. It's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. When you hear the sound effect, which you just did, you get to call in to 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Or you can send your questions, your comments to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. So this is Straight Talk with me, your host, Father Craig Vosick, for the next 25 minutes. This is going to be fabulous, people. I don't like being lonely. I don't like being alone when we get to this segment. I like lots of people to call in, so don't be afraid. I think some people are afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm fairly nice sometimes. I can be kind of kind from time to time. So, Real Presence Live hosts Straight Talk. Today, it's with me. Here's the number again, 877-795-0122. You can call in anytime 
Also go to Facebook.com, Real Presence Radio. They have a spot there for you to put in comments or various thoughts. And I've shared it onto my own Facebook page, Father Craig Vosick, and you can get at it there. It's also on Twitter. It's all over the place. So even if you're a little hesitant to top on the live radio, you can do it on Facebook. But I'll, I'll tell you, be courageous today. Uh, sometimes if you're on a national show, you can't uh, get, you have to get in line, you have to wait. Uh, you don't have to wait. Come on, call, call on in. Number here again, 877-795-0122. You can ask anything. You can say whatever you like. If I need to censor it, I will. But you can say whatever you like and we'll talk about it. It's going to be great. You have a personal priest just to hang out with for the next 25 minutes, brothers and sisters. It's going to be great. We've got a comment coming to us from Facebook. What do we got here? He would like, we have a listener, Earl, who would like to have me describe something. So he's indicating that he thinks there are three different celebrations of the Mass in the extraordinary form. Uh, the low mass, the Misa Cantata, and the high mass. Not sure if those are the proper terms, he says. And then that there's also a word tridentine in that mixture. He's really enjoying that mass in that form and wants to put it out there for others to learn more about it as well. He thanks me and uh, just wants me to describe the three different celebrations. Okay, so Earl, thanks for your comment. Thanks for your question. I'm glad that you're enjoying the Holy Mass. Uh, The Holy Mass comes to us in many forms. Uh, in the Western Church, in the Roman Church, we have two forms, uh, the Novus Ordo, the New Order, which is what typically everybody's seeing in their parishes day in and day out, is um, the Mass promulgated from the Second Vatican Council. Uh, it was a reform and a... Um, a reform and a revision of the order of the Mass, um, and then with with new ways of expressing it uh, in the modern time, uh, after 1965. I think at 1962, I think the first document came out, Sacrosanctum Concilium, and then uh, it came into effect somewhere between 1967 and 1971 in various places, because they needed to uh, make sure that all the different language groups had access to it. That's the typical form that we're all seeing, the new Mass. Uh, the extraordinary form, we call it, is uh, the Mass from prior to the Second Vatican Council, uh, which uh, fell out of use because it was adjusted at the Second Vatican Council, but there were uh, a number of people and groups and various people who uh, really enjoyed it or or missed it or or didn't want to lose it or whatever the thing might have been, and so it uh, was given provision in place to be used in the 80s. John Paul II allowed for it, and then then Benedict XVI continued the extension of it, and actually... um, actually extended its use so that any priest at any time, if he's prepared to celebrate it, can celebrate the new Mass uh, by law, and then also the the, the older form of the Mass, um, he can do that as well. Uh, most bishops are uh, inviting the priests to continue celebrating the new Mass, you know, the Mass that we have from the Second Vatican Council, of course, uh, but then uh, in various places where there is a, a desire or a need or an interest uh, to, to make that available. Um, and so that's called the extraordinary form. Now, there are other forms of the Mass throughout the world. There are different rites of the Catholic Church throughout the world. And so there are different forms of Mass in those different places. There's the Ambrosian rite, the, there's the Byzantine rite, there's a number of different rites. Uh, but in the Latin Church, uh, the Roman Church, we have the new Mass, and then we have the extraordinary form. So in the extraordinary form, you're right, there is, there's a couple different forms. Um, the low Mass is just recite. Basically, everything is recited, and most things are fairly quiet. 
uh, kind of a daily mass sort of feel, I guess. Then there's a Misa Cantata, you're exactly right, uh, which is the same structure of a low mass, and then it has, uh, but all of the out loud parts are sung, a simple chant. So the Misa Cantata just means a, a sung mass, and it's fairly simple, uh, but uh, but includes the, the chanting of the various parts. And then, yes, you are right, there is a high mass. Now, there's a couple different types of high mass. There's a high mass, there's a pontifical high mass, there's a couple different forms, but this is the, this is the highest form form and so you have uh, the priest or the bishop and then you have uh, deacons and subdeacons and many other servers and a lot of more a lot more ceremonies and processions and uh, externals and all these um, different clothing items vestments and I mean it just goes kind of goes on and on it's very uh, very elaborate uh, this is where we probably get the term pomp and circumstances or bells and whistles um, except I've never heard any whistles um, actually, I don't think I've ever heard a whistle at Mass. So it's not all the bells and whistles, it's all the bells and incense, we could say. All the smoke and bells. Um, so, yeah, those are f- fairly used as the terms. The low Mass, the Misa Cantata, and the high Mass. Um, and and you're, you're on the way there. Uh, and then you're asking also about the word Tridentine. So Tridentine comes from Trent. Trent is a town in northern Italy, and there was a council there of the entire church in the 1500s around the time of the Protestant Reformation for the Catholic Church to talk about uh, how we want to present ourselves in the middle of this Protestant Reformation uh, to come together to understand what we're going to do. So that was the 1500s in the city of Trent in northern Italy. Uh, and so the ma- there was a mass promulgated at that point um, by Pope Pius V, I think I'm saying that right, St. Pius V, uh, during that time. And so it's known as the Tridentine Mass. So it's the mass that was promulgated at Trent. Um, so a lot of people call it that. The traditional Latin Mass, a lot of people call it. Uh, what else do people call it? The the Usus Antiquor, the, the older form, the older use. Uh, what else do we call it? I think the people that are trying to be very technical are calling it the Mass of John the 23rd because the Tridentine Mass from Trent in the 1500s was made a, there was a final revision in 1962 by John the 23rd or is that Pius VI at that point? I, I'm failing you, I'm sorry. But right in 1962, at the beginning of the council, before they reformed the Mass, they made a final revision. And that's the missile that's being allowed uh, for priests and others who want to use uh, the older form of the Mass. It's a missile from 1962, which goes all the way back to the 1500s, which goes all the way back to the 6th century in various places. So, Earl... Thanks for writing in. I'm glad you're enjoying that form of the Mass. Jesus Christ is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Every time that the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is celebrated... at 877-795-0122 877-795-0122 Straight Talk here with Father Craig Vasek. We have a question coming to us from Anonymous listening on 94.5 Anonymous, are you with us? Oh, very, very anonymous. Very, very anonymous. Oh, sorry, I, I misread my notes here. Sorry. Anonymous listening at 94.5. In talking about all of the reproductive health stuff here today, years ago, my husband, this is anonymous speaking, my husband was told he wasn't able to have kids. So we used donor sperm and had two kids from that. I've since been to confession and confessed it, but since I love my kids and am so grateful that they are in my life, I worry that I'm not truly sorry for what we did. Since I'm not truly sorry, do I need to keep confessing this sin? 
Anonymous, I am, uh, I'm glad you reached out. I'm very glad that you reached out, and uh, this is very sensitive, actually. Um, so when we talk about act, moral actions, um, and the acting human person, when I choose something, uh, whether it is good or whether it is bad, I'm responsible for the action. Uh, afterward, recognizing uh, regarding the action that has been done, whether it was a good action or it was not a good action, I can repent and I can confess. At that point, uh, I'm forgiven for the action and I, God wants me, uh, the, the absolution itself in confession says, may God give you pardon and peace. So you receive pardon, forgiveness, and peace. That means peace of conscience uh, so that you can go forward in joy. So, um, so you, that's what I want you to definitely know, is that uh, when you recognized uh, that, it was, that you ought not have done this, uh, you've confessed it, uh, then we're done with it. Now, we need to make a distinction here. Um, I can be sorry for an action, uh, but, I can, but there can be things that have come after that that God has allowed or permitted and various things in the world that can be, that can be good, that can be excellent. And in this case, uh, children. Uh, children are good in themselves. And so you, you must. You must love your children. You must care for them. Uh, you must uh, cherish them uh, and not count against them uh, anything that has gone on in, in any, any personal past uh, at all. Um, so... Yeah, so I, I, it's good to make that distinction, I think, um, that, that we can recognize that something wasn't right, that I did something that wasn't allowed, uh, but that God has permitted something, that God has brought something good uh, from this situation and to celebrate the good uh, which has come about. And, we, and I could use many, many, many examples of uh, uh, times where God has brought good out of my bad, uh, where I've maybe hurt somebody, and then uh, I had to apologize to that person, but then we were able to reconcile and we were able to actually have a great conversation. And I can be thankful for everything that has come from that, uh, even as I regret personally any wrong that I may have done. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, you, you, you mentioned that you're not truly sorry. Well, you can be sorry for doing something, uh, or you can recognize that something was, was not a good to do, but you can you can celebrate and be joyful for uh, for the good that God has brought uh, out of that from all of that. Uh, so so I think I'd leave it there. Uh, you've confessed it. You don't need to keep confessing a sin. Uh, you don't have to keep confessing a sin until you become more and more and more sorrowful, or start to become sorrowful for your children or something. You, that we actually don't want you to do that. God doesn't want you to become sorrowful for your children uh, at all. He wants you to celebrate them and love them as you already are doing. So uh, it's making a distinction of, of what, what is permitted and what is not permitted and coming, uh, owning up to that and bringing that to the Lord and then moving forward in peace, uh, going forward in peace with pardon. May God give you pardon and peace. And your sins are absolved. They're taken away by the priest in confession. So I hope, I hope that's helpful. Uh, I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad you asked. And, uh, and I want you to be at peace. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for, uh, for, for bringing that forward to us. We're honored by your, by your vulnerability there. Anonymous. Thank you for listening on 94.5. Brothers and sisters, here we are. Straight Talk with Father Craig Vosick. Here's the phone number. We're going for another 10, 15 minutes. 
877-795-0122. Straight Talk with me. We're here at Real Presence Live. You can also go on Real Presence Live uh, Facebook page at Real Presence Radio. And I also shared it at my Facebook page, Father Craig Vosick. You can ask questions. You can give comments. You can ask the, the church's perspective on something. You can ask about something going on in the world. But I have to be honest, I don't, I don't read or watch much news at all. I have so many things going on in my life right around me and so much to care for and to pay attention to. I find that I don't even have time. Well, I don't make the time, I should say. I don't even make the time. So if you bring up something that's going on in uh, some other part of the world, I might not be all that uh, keen uh, or up to date on it, but I'm happy still to talk about principles and procedures from the Catholic perspective. So 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Straight talk with me, your host, Father Craig Vasek. I, to, to be honest with you, brothers and sisters, I'm still kind of hung up. I'm still kind of hung up on this notion of sovereignty. Who is sovereign? Who reigns over me? Who reigns over you? Who has the right to tell me to do anything? As I mentioned, God tells us who we have rights over. In Genesis, he tells us we have rights. We have to exercise dominion over the creatures and the plants uh, in the garden. But he does not give us permission to have dominion over ourselves. We are subject. We are under the sovereignty of God, the one who reigns over us. So take, uh, if you remember, brothers and sisters, uh, Brittany Maynard. Uh, She was uh, promoting herself as her right to die uh, out in Oregon. Uh, talking about uh, how she she has the right to end her own life in her own way. In an interview that she gave, she asks this very question. She says, with regard to whether she should be able to choose the day of her death with medicine and various things, she says this, who has the right to take this choice away from me? And that means this choice of choosing whether I'm going to live or whether I'm going to die. Who has the right to take this choice away from me. The choice being whether she wants to live or not. It's a good question if you don't believe in God. Who does have the right? And so you might have to approach it from the common good. Well, guess what? We believe as humans that life is better than death. And so the perspective of humanity is that living is better than dying and that we ought not take people's lives. Actually, we understand that. I do not have the right to take your life I should not take my own life either. I don't have the right over my life. We are not sovereign over life. We are here as humans to support life, to foster life in every, in every area of science, in every area of ethics, in every area of study and research. It's about how to extend and prolong and to care for life. That's what we do. That's absolutely what we do. And so when Brittany Maynard asks this question, who has the right to tell me or to take away this choice from me? Even from a common good perspective or natural law perspective or logical perspective or reasoning or common sense perspective, even before we get to a religious perspective, uh, we do not have sovereignty over our own bodies. We don't. We simply don't. 
So anyway, that's, um, that's me continuing my thoughts about this whole sovereignty issue. We're in the middle of straight talk where you get to call in and ask me questions and give comments on the Catholic faith or anything else. The number here is 877-795-0122. We're going to go to a question that we have, but 877-795-0122. With any questions, comments on Facebook, we'd love to hear from you. Real Presence Radio Facebook page and on the phone, 877-795-0122. We have Emily from Fargo with a question. Let me see here. Dad passed away a year ago. I should probably read these questions before I answer them, but I'm... Hey, Emily, you're on the phone. Fantastic. (laughs) Hi. All right. You've got a question for us. I do. Um, Okay, so my dad passed away a year ago, and um, my my daughter is four right now, um, and... Um, okay, sorry. My, my dad, my my family is not Catholic. Yeah. I'm a convert. Mm-hmm. And so um, he passed away, and just recently my, da- my daughter has been talking a lot about my dad. And it was just his birthday recently, and um, on his birthday my, my daughter told me um, that Papa looks different. And so I asked her, what do you mean? And she said, well, he sort of looks like daddy, like my husband. Um, and so I, I think she was trying to tell me that he looks younger. Um, and my dad would have had dark hair like my husband. Um, and, and so then I asked her again, you know, where does she see him? Because previously she told me that she like plays hide and seek with my dad or with Papa. Um, and when I asked her again, she said that uh, she, she saw him, like, at my parents' house, and they have a pool, and um, she sees him in the pool with her. Like, she, he teaches her how to swim, she said, and my dad was an excellent swimmer. Um, and so some of these things just seem too real for her imagination. Um, so can I have any insight on that or how much do I, you know, um, believe of that or, you know, as Catholics, do we believe that, um, like my dad can come back, um, to reveal himself to my daughter and is, would he be younger? Um, is there any teaching on that? Yeah, the, Emily, this is uh, this is very. There's a lot going on here. Thank you for calling in and yeah. sharing this. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. So there is there is some teaching on this, but there's some openness on this as well, and there's some just unknowns about this. Uh, and because we don't, God has revealed everything that we need to know uh, for the salvation of our souls, uh, and and it's. You know, so with regard to faith and morals, this is what God has revealed for the salvation of our souls that we might get to heaven. We do, he's revealed some things about the supernatural or the invisible. Uh, he's revealed some things about angelic uh, beings and the communion of the saints. He's revealed God has revealed some things about these various things, but there has not been a, a full revelation of every dimension of how uh, those who have died, um, uh, whether they're in purgatory or in heaven, how there is what the 
interaction is between uh, between those who are communing with God in eternal life and uh, what's going on here on earth. There's not a full teaching, but I, I'm going to do a little cop-out, but then I'll share something as well. Uh, Father Robert Spitzer. Uh, and there's maybe someone else out there that's doing it just as good as him. But Father Robert Spitzer is uh, a phenomenal priest who examines these things from a scientific, theological, uh, phenomenological perspective. So I'd really point you to him. Father Robert Spitzer, uh, the Magis Center, he's got a number of uh, websites out there. So if you just put in Spitzer, you're going to find he's got books, he's got teachings, he's got websites, he has all sorts of things. And he talks about near-death experiences regularly. He talks about uh, visits from... Uh, from uh, the spiritual realm regularly. He addresses these things and he's phenomenal. And so there is something to say about it and he's very cogent. He's very, uh, he's very wise and he's very helpful. So that's my cop-out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop-out to him for him to explain this to you at some point. <laughs> but we can say some things here. Uh, anybody who has created, uh, it belongs to God. And so God is sovereign over, we've been talking about sovereignty. God is sovereign over the angels. He is sovereign over uh, those who are on earth right now. And he is sovereign over all those who have died and are now living in heaven and purgatory. Even those who are in hell, uh, the demons, he's sovereign over that. He's allowing, but we're not going to go into that, but he's allowing evil to, to manifest itself. But he's sovereign over everything. And so anybody who is communing with God, so take a, a human who has died, who's living uh, with God in heaven, God can interact with humanity in whatever form that he wants. He can permit any angel at any time to come to earth and do something. Uh, and we see angels regularly being sent by God as messengers. God could come directly, but he allows angels to come. He could also do the same with the souls of the just. Uh, that is, people who are in heaven. He can allow them to come and to visit people on, in, on earth if he wants to. Now, this is where we just say he can do it. Uh, there's not a, a very clear teaching uh, on how that would all work. But, uh, and I'll also say this and then maybe I'll ask for your further thoughts. Uh, God can also uh, send an angel, okay? God can send an angel to, uh, to reveal something of someone else, of it, let's say a human, let's say in this case dad. Uh, God could send an angel to, to come to your child and, and sort of show an emanation of, of your dad. Um, and God can do that by sending an angel. So it could be an angel that is sent to, uh, to have your father's emanation come and not necessarily your, your father directly. But it could be in God's providence. God can, God can allow all of this. Um, so, for example, our, our understanding of the intercession of the saints, we can, we can talk to God, we can talk to Jesus in heaven, we can also ask the souls that are united to him in heaven uh, to intercede for us. That doesn't mean that they're going to come down and, and uh, reveal themselves in their face, but we know that we're, there's a communion there, and our communion with them is not broken. So we know from that that our communion is not broken. There could be something, uh, there could be something more that we, just, we don't fully understand and hasn't been revealed. So I've said a few things there, Emily. Does any of that help? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the name. I will definitely look that up. Um, I guess my last question would be: um, we've we've had several masses for my dad, and we uh, pray, um, you know, for him regularly. Um, do we? Can, I mean, I know that um, you know. I guess prayers are never wasted, um, but does this give me? Um, is home or do we, you know, I guess, <laughs> I 
I'm wondering, like, does this mean that we should be praying for him more or saying more masses for him? Or, you know, are, am I able to maybe, like, rest in peace a little more that he has shown, shown this? Yeah. Right. Right. So we make a we make a distinction uh, between public revelation and private revelation in the Catholic Church. Public revelation is things that we know that God has revealed for our salvation and, and facts about real the facts about about life. A private revelation would be any time that God or a human person experiences something of God that seems uh, that seems that God has shown it, uh, but that the Church does not weigh in on and say that it is for a fact the case. And so this would fall into uh, a private revelation, which is uh, an experience that the family is having, uh, which is not going to be weighed in on by the church as true or false, um, and that is for individual discernment uh, uh, to to follow then to address God. And the best here's what I typically do when someone has an instance of private revelation. I, uh, let's say it was a dream or an image or something that's happening. I say, now that that's happened, go to prayer. Go to prayer and talk to mm-hmm. God about it, uh, and then find and then find out from there how He wants you to to, to take what has just happened, or uh, the experience that has happened, or these things, and to find to go forward with a place of peace uh, with regard to what God is now inviting because of the thing that has just happened. So that's what I would say. It's not a stamp of approval, or or is it a rejection of of, of something that might have happened? Um, but my best suggestion would now to go to God and to talk to God about what has happened and to see um, to see what where his leadership is is going uh, with regard to it now with regard I want to say something uh, with regard to um, the the age that dad might have looked. The St. Thomas Aquinas, this is just a, a final thought. St. Thomas Aquinas says that Jesus died at the perfect age, which was 33, because everything Jesus did was perfect. And so it's often held that no matter what age we are, that we would probably sh- we would probably end up in heaven at the perfect age, whatever that is. But that's just a, that's a theological opinion of St. Thomas Aquinas. So a person could appear at a different age um, in glory. Um, but really, it's uh, we have a glorified body, supernaturally united to God. And so age is not necessarily, it's just we're in perfection. So that'll be the last thought. Anyway, thanks for your phone call. Do we have time for one more? We'll take one last question. Uh, Bill from Moorhead, you're on the phone. Bill? Okay. We're, we're going to cut off there. We have one last... <laughs> heard wonderful things. A, a, a person on the phone uh, that was uh, on the line, they heard wonderful things about Father Vasek and what he, uh, what does he teach at the university. One of the visitors at the university says he's an amazing young priest. Well, this is wonderful. I'm glad I get to speak so well about myself <laughs> on the radio. I'm glad to be here at the University of Mary. I don't teach anything. I don't teach a thing. Uh, I hang out in the athletic department supporting our student-athletes, uh, 450-plus student-athletes with 17 different NCAA teams, uh, but I don't teach in one classroom. However, I should say something, nothing for credit. I do work with our athletes on a daily basis, going into the various teams and assisting them in growing as a human being, human, growing in virtue and character, uh, understanding how uh, growing as a human relates to sport and how uh, competing in sport relates to life. Uh, so that's a daily, day-in and day-out um, element of my life. It's not for credit, so I'm not getting paid for that. I'm not getting, uh, I'm not getting like magnificent tenure as a professor of the university or something like that. But I'm all right with that, actually. If they asked me, I suppose if they asked me, I'd have to talk to my, to my boss about it. Uh, but, uh, but right now, I'm, 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 I'm full-time working with our student-athletes in that way. 
So thanks uh, for letting me promote myself. He is an amazing young priest at the university. That's fantastic. Brothers and sisters, glad to be with you here uh, for Straight Talk with me. We had great questions, great call-ins, great comments on Facebook. Really wonderful. We're going to be coming up uh, in our next hour. We're going to be looking at uh, what's going on at the University of Mary in Bismarck. Uh, we're going to do a 10-minute tour of everything happening. Uh, Dale Lennon will be up here next. So stay with us on Real Presence Live.